Anyway, but really what I wanted to do today, um, I'm going to get and speak in a, in a minute. Um, and then I'm going to have Jack speak too a little bit. We've been tag- we're going to tag team tonight. But what I want to do is introduce, we're going to pray for him at the end. Introduce uh, Abigail's father. I just want him to stand up. This is Mr. Frank Lopez. He's one of the missionaries in South America. Amen. Welcome tonight. And we're going to pray with pray for him at the end there. And hey, why don't you go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse uh, 3 through 5. And what we're going to do, we're going to continue the life of victory. Remember, we're going to speak on this for a long time. And we really, this is the second installment of hearing God. Last week, I talked about the four soils. And this time, before we get into the techniques, we're going to talk about um, one of the foundations of hearing God. And if you recognize the scripture, Jesus makes a bold statement in this scripture. It, it really is. He foretells some things that he expectations of those who know him. He really lays it out here about hearing his voice. He didn't say I can. I think they may. This is what he said, starting in verse three. He said uh, to him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep, hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has bought all, bought all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And when you read about a word like this, this is a concrete word. Jesus didn't say that basically they may hear his voice. We might or we can hear his voice. What did he say? He said this, sheep do hear his voice. So the expectation of your life, if you're walking with Jesus Christ, you would expect to hear God's voice. Don't ever think that hearing God's voice is for the superstars of faith. If you're a believer in Christ and he is your Lord and Savior, you expect to hear his voice. And the more you practice hearing his voice, the more you'll identify the counterfeit voice. Okay? So he laid it out there. He didn't say maybe. I think they can. He says they do. We do. Can I make a proclamation tonight? We are the voice. We hear God's voice. Even if you don't feel like you do, you do. Because that's why we do what we do on Wednesday nights and just stop it to let God speak to each and every one of you. And what we're talking about is God speaks to us and give you some different ways through his Holy Spirit, the Bible, prayer. Here's a good word, circumstances. (laughs) And the church to reveal himself, his purposes and his way. And in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about all those different areas, how God speaks to us. But I wanted to set the foundation of Those who know Jesus should expect to hear his voice. He's always speaking. He's always talking. He's always transmitting. We have to put ourselves in the area to receive, to be a receiver. Key to knowing his voice is an intimate relationship with Christ. There's no technique. I can give you five steps to hear God. It has to start with an intimate relationship with him. And when I talk about an intimate relationship, I'm not, I'm, I wrote this statement down. I, I said this, stop trying to live your life 
by the rules and you live your life in the relationship. We're high performance people. So when we think we want to get closer to God, we start doing more stuff for God. Versus stopping to hear God because we're high performance and we want God to notice what we're doing and we want to hear God. So we think we'll get ourselves in the zone and doing something. We'll hear God because we have to hear God. And that's performance. That's not a relationship. Or you cannot take a day off or take a week off from hearing God because you'll start hearing another voice, yourself and enemy. See, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And you know, his child, he wants to speak to you. He has something to say to each and every one of us. The transmitter right now as I'm speaking, he is speaking right now. And he wants something to tell you. He has something to tell you. What we have to get out of this, guys, when we think we hear God and we do something and then we ask God to bless it. Now, he didn't create it. So he's not obligated to bless it. Okay, you hear me? Now, if you stop and hear what God is saying and you go do what he asks you to do, he's obligated to bless it. Now, as young folks, we are so aggressive. We want to live our life fully for God. And what happens, we can fall into the trap of doing stuff for God. I feel bored. Let me do something else. See? Now, I learned this a long time. and I fell for it. I mean, I, I, I struggled with this when I was a new believer. When I saw God in everything, I thought I needed to be in everything. And then one old guy, one old saint, not old guy, because I'm his age now, said this. <laughs> yes, just because God is in everything doesn't mean you're supposed to be in everything. Just because God is in everything doesn't mean I'm supposed to be in everything. Make sense? That frustrates some people when they come to Grace Point. We know what God has us in, and we're going to go there. And let's do something. Well, God is in that, but that don't mean that God has us going there with that. And you need to live your life that way because we're not called to fix everything. We're called to fix what God tells us to fix. And an intimate relationship is just that, guys, an intimate relationship. If you're married, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You can't treat your wife and say, hey, honey, I love you. I'll see you once a week. How's that going to work for you? Well, you're going to change the locks on the doors. But Jesus is every day. How do I get to know his voice more? I spend more time with him. How do I get to know my wife more? I spend more time with her. I know his ins and outs. And here's the greatest thing. I don't have to guess because he left us his Bible to show us. So stop trying to live our lives by the rules, do all the right things, cross the dots, all those, I mean, um, um, dot the I's and cross the T's and live I think someone said, in a life, easy life of relationship. Rules without a relationship leads you to rebellion. Think about it. 
Rules without a relationship just leads you to rebellion. You need both. But you lean more on the relationship side. How are we doing? Now, there's another scripture I want to share with you about hearing God, the foundational. We said it here. Trust. We said um, easy. It's Psalms 46.10. How many know Psalms 46.10? Okay. One person, me. Anyway, <laughs> it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, that word be still doesn't mean stop. It means this. Take your hands off. And it means this. Relax. Trust. Take your hands off and relax. It's a relationship. Take your hands off and relax. When you're with God, relax. How's your prayer life? Do you do all the talking? How many were born in, how many um, been alive since 1980? Okay, so y'all gonna know half this story. Okay. In 1980, I was stationed in, in Europe. And we had this new thing come out called the Mars line. And the Mars line was like a telephone. You can call. You thought you were huge when you can call the states and talk to people. There was one thing about the Mars line that was very, um, I would say, it, rest- it kind of restrained you in your, if you were excited. Because you pick up the phone, and I will call like New York City, and you say, hi, Lynette, over. Then we got to wait. Hi, Rich, over. How are you doing? Over. Doing fine? Over. You were restricted. So you have to get real precise with your communication. How's your life? Over. Fine. Over. Now, if she didn't say over, the conversation ended. If I didn't say over, no one was, nothing was going on. They kick you off the line. Next person, if you can't get the over right, you got to get out. Now, think about our prayer life. How we flood God. Lord, I need, I need, I need, I need. He's waiting. Will you say over so I can speak? If you don't say over, I can't tell you what you need to get. Oh, I want, I want. He says, God says, over, over. Just say over and I'll talk to you. Because we're not still. We won't take our hands off. We're telling him what we need. He already knows what you need. You tell him how you feel. He knows it. He's saying, please, if my people would just say over, I will speak. A relationship. It's a two-way street conversation. When you're still and it's easy and you relax and you trust, here's what I didn't write down. Psalms 37, 4. It means, it says this. Delight yourself in the Lord. Not in the work of the Lord. 
when you delight yourself in the Lord, I don't care what the answer is. I just want to hang out with him. Because there's peace, because I know he, I trust him that he loves me. He will give you the desires of your heart, but in the beginning, when you delight yourself in the Lord, guys, you forgot what the desire was, because he'll fill it. Because you enjoy, when's the last we just sat down and enjoyed him? Because how many say this when you know, ask people, how you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm just so busy. Just so busy. What are you doing? I'm just so busy. And no one gives me an answer. <laughs> so what you, I'm so, so busy. Doing what? Worrying. Uh, do whatever Nora tells you. Doing your list. Yeah. But my wife makes me, she pray first before I do my list. So we do seek the Lord first. And the Lord says, do what your wife said. Okay, I will do it. Okay. But <laughs> we're so busy. But the transmitter is transmitting. And the receiver is not receiving. He designed us to receive from him. Not to be too busy for him. We're busy doing, but we're not busy receiving. Going off a plan we thought he said, but he didn't really say it because we didn't get the interim change. Change comes out a lot from God sometimes when he wants to get you right in the right spot. But you got to receive you got to learn to receive. Like, we got to learn to receive his grace and his love. A lot of us don't want to because, oh, we feel we're not worthy to. But you know something? I don't care how bad a day you had, what you, how you treated people. Our Father still wants to speak to you and encourage your heart. He doesn't go by feeling like we do. He goes by truth. That's why Jesus said that. My sheep hear his, hear my voice. I know this. I love this part. I know them by name. That's good stuff, man. Last time I checked, that was really good stuff. How does he know all of us down here? Well, he's God. I love that. It's, the still, it's in the stillness, not the busyness, that we tune our spiritual ears to hear the voice of God. Richard J. Foster said this before we go to First Kings. In contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. See, the devil doesn't have to attack us. He just wants to bring noise. He wants you to always be in a hurry. Again, we live in a 15-minute town. Where are you going so fast? <laughs> what am really? <laughs> You're getting convicted, aren't you? You don't even drive, do you? Anyway. <laughs> but you know who, who, people who drive like that, don't you? Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty. And crowds. And crowds. I, damn, I tell you guys, the greatest thing they made, I, I hated it in the beginning, was the iPod. Because you could put your music on and zone out. Why? You're spending time with God. Especially if you got some good preaching on there. You spend, try this the next couple of days, guys. Spend about 10 minutes, 15 minutes from your morning before you go to work and just sit down and hear. Just sit down and hear 
And as it gets bigger and it gets bigger, don't say you don't have time. If you sleep like I do, you know, I got that last 15 minutes. <sighs> and that turns into a half hour, which turns into 45 minutes. Get up early. Because you got to recognize what your best time of reception. Mine is early in the morning. At the end of the day, I'm a little dialed out. Think about it. Just to hear your father, those instructions. We used to call that in the military. In the morning, we came to roll call. If we miss roll call, we miss what was going to happen that day. I believe God wants to tell you what's going to happen that day or prepare you for what's going to happen that day so you won't go off. He'll strengthen you for that day. If you're like me, we used to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning and work hit you right in the face when you got to the door because it was crisis. And now if you prayed and you spent time with God, you heard his voice, you handled the crisis. If you didn't, you just joined in with the crisis, and it wears you out. How many call it Wednesday hump day? How many have a bad day on Wednesday? Be honest. Come on. Why? No different. It's a day. How many like Saturday? Why? Sleep. Kids sports. Oh, no, 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 no. I've seen you parents out there. I hate this. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I hope they don't win. Anyway, but. <laughs> First Kings 19, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to have Jack come up. This is. Uh, Elijah, who did great thing, he's a prophet for God and did a great thing. And if you recognize Elijah dealing with Ahab and Jezebel, and he uh, called a, a drought, three years of no rain. He he took out all these um, prophets, these false prophets. He had a great day. And he had the rain come back, walking with God. And after a great victory, he received some news. He got discouraged. But you know one thing I recognize about Elijah, we give him a bad rap, but he ran away from the issue which he did, a couple hundred miles on a couple of these things. He took off to get away from it, you know, and he did something when you're stressed out and you're worried. You know what he did that was so biblical? He took a nap. And then he was waking up, you know, an angel woke him up, fed him. Then he took another nap because he was really tired because he did a lot of work. How many of us take a nap when you're tired? Or you just keep going. Or we take energy drinks. You're not resting. You got to come down. Whatever goes up, got to come down. Okay? And next thing you know, he's up on the mountain. God asks him this question twice. What are you doing here? Elijah, what are you doing here? And he gave him the story. And I love it. He was honest. He's in a cave. And then God... Ask him, what you doing here? Okay, step out to the end. Let me show you something. He said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Last time I checked, that was Moses when the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, the sound of low whisper. A lot of us, when we feel weary or we feel disconnected from God, we try to go find some new conference to go to. 
some loud place to not can experience God. And all you got to do is find your place to sit down. If you need to take a nap, get you something to eat, take out your Bible, get a piece of paper and sit down and just listen. It's not about the next conference. It's not about the next group. Sometimes for ourselves, we need to just isolate. This is what I call, I call him, this is the first person I've seen in the Bible who went on his own retreat. Now, if you look at the miles, he went about 200 miles of where he was going on the mountain of God, but he was heading on his retreat to get away. And God, and he talked to God, and God re- recovered him, restored him, and guess what God did? Sent him back from where he left. He started out in the wilderness, go back to the wilderness. But this is what he did. He sent him back to some people. Because he said, I'm the only one that knows God. Sent not 7,000 people who haven't bent the knee yet. And oh, by the way, I need you to disciple this young guy named Elisha. He sent him back to people into discipleship. Which I love the pattern. From there, time with God, get with other people and teach them the same thing. But it's not the big things. We love the noise. I don't like noise. As old as I get, I cannot take a rap. I can't take rap anymore. I liked it when they started back in, was it, 78? When they started rap. It was one guy speaking. Now, I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) And my mind is going crazy. Because I don't think they know what they're saying either. So I said, Lord, okay, bring a new brand of music. But noise, we don't do well with noise. And I want to encourage you as we talk about this in the next few weeks, setting up a foundation, relationship and solitude. You need to have that solitude. So you can hear God. And he'll set you on the course. And he won't, you won't feel he's so far away from you because he's always transmitting. Not on Wednesdays and Sundays only, every single day. Chat. Am I bleeding yet? Man, he's whooping me. Uh, you know, I think the reason that he asked me to get up here is uh, because he knew that this would hit really close to home for me. And some of y'all know this, but I mean, we run a business in town, and um, we have two different locations. And Nora and I probably work somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 hours a week each. And so when you're talking about, you know, being distracted by uh, the hustle and bustle, the rough, you know, uh, the speed of life, all of those kinds of um, adversities that we face, it's real world. You know, it's real world for us, certainly. And um, I've got to say that the thing that, you know, he's he uh, is teaching us tonight that really hits home with me is take God with you during the day because you know if you're if your schedule's like mine you don't have a choice i mean you've got you know you've got expectations and if you're a person of diligence and you want to do a good job you know you can't lay around the house um i mean you have you know you've got to be a you know faithful christian and a good steward of what god's given you as well so you've got to take him with you you know does that sound irrational to take god with you 
during the course of the day, let me tell you, that's my only hope for survival is I take him with me. And um, so many times it's it's a simple conversation that God and I have. And it's usually something like this. Uh, nice tree, God. Ooh. <laughs> you know, nice. I mean, it's the, it's the simple things. It's the simple things that learning to tune your voice into a relationship with your creator. And uh, that, so I'm going to say is a, is an unavoidable we can't we can't talk about this without going there if you don't feel like you hear god i've got to ask you uh where do you stand with god because we've just read in the scriptures that his sheep hear his voice now i can tell you that i did not at one time hear god's voice but then i was radically born again and whenever his spirit moved in I began to hear his voice, sometimes in a still, small whisper, and sometimes very loudly, like whenever I was contemplating doing something I shouldn't do. That still, small whisper becomes pretty loud at times. Uh, but So we've got to go there first, right? I mean, do, where do you stand with the Lord? And if, you, and if you're confident that you stand, you know, as a born-again child of God, you know your heart was changed. Whenever he came in, moved in, um, then you you do hear his voice, and so now you've got to just learn to tune him in a little clearer. And in the in the with the demands of life that we walk through today, uh, that means cultivating, nurturing that relationship, and uh, even in the simple things. I want to tell you a real brief story that's going to sound crazy to you, but uh, whenever. And it's not the one about running the golf road. Okay. Um, <laughs> told Nora today, we were driving down the road, and I saw a guy on the bicycle, and I was like, so I took the other lane so I didn't hit him, and I said, see, I'm hearing from God. <laughs> God said, I was wanting to run over him. God said, don't do it, so I obeyed. And uh, so anyway, I didn't work that in somehow, didn't I? Uh, but uh, this is going to sound crazy to you, but it's really, really weird. As a, as a young believer, um, and working out here in the big country, I would have to drive sometimes three or four hundred, sometimes five hundred miles a day on this these routes that I was doing to do service work. And um, I would have a tendency. I wanted to get home to see my lovely wife and my great kids and everything. So I'd have a tendency to f- fly down the highways a little faster than the posted speed limit. And uh, you know, praising God, running down the highway at eighty miles an hour. And uh, I, I got to say though, I'm a safe and courteous driver. Okay, a little disclaimer in there. But the craziest thing, I would be cruising down the road pretty fast, plenty fast enough to get a ticket, and I would hear God say, slow down. And I'd come up over the next hill. I'd slow down, and I'd come up over the next hill, and there'd be highway patrol sitting there. And now that sounds crazy to y'all, right? It was God teaching me in his grace and mercy and love. It was him teaching me to hear his voice in the most simple ways. And uh, now, was God happy with me breaking the law? You know, I don't think so. But he had a more important agenda. His more important agenda was to teach me to hear his voice. And even in the simple things of life, he will speak to you. And you should tune in. And and so my appeal tonight is, uh, 
because he's beat me up. I'm bloody. I'm I'm feeling like I gotta go home and you know put some some kind of salve on or something, man. Because I mean, this is but this is good word for us because this is the world that we live in, right? Has anybody in here got an excess of time? Anybody got an excess of time? Okay, cool. I'm signing you up. <laughs> it's that's how short a window has that been, though. Yeah, yeah. Relative to the rest of your crazy life as it used to exist. I mean, hey, that's that's what we live in, the world we live in today. And so I just want to encourage you, take him with you. One last little illustration. Nora and I, were, we love to get up and walk in the mornings. We haven't been doing that a lot lately, but uh, whenever we would get up and walk one morning, we were leaving out, and I was walking down the road, and I just stopped as I was headed out down the road. And, uh, and, and the, you know, I always try to ask him, you know, what would you have me pray for or whatever. And this one morning, I really meant it. I mean, I was like, Lord, I don't want to just take things to you and just start, you know, spouting a bunch of stuff off, just, you know, with the laundry list. And uh, I said, Lord, what would you have me, how would you have me pray? And he said, he spoke back to me, and he said, just like I was your best friend walking with you. And I got to say, I took my best friend, the Lord, with me that morning on a walk, and it was amazing. And we talked about my kids, and we talked about my wonderful wife, and I asked him to watch over all of them. And he was just, as the Lord and I were just walking down the road. I tell you, that's that's how we got to walk this thing out, church. That's who he is. He's our he is our heavenly Father, our Abba Father. And so, uh, you know, that's real world for us. But uh, we're busy. Take him with you. All right, Pastor. Amen. Definitely encouraged with that. All righty. And guys, don't forget, um, practice God's uh, presence this week, okay? Uh, Jack said a great thing. Take them with you. Guys, you're already carrying me. If you have a gut and your guts, you have a gut check, it's the Holy Spirit. That's what he gives you. Women, when you have the intuition and he says, this doesn't feel right, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, okay? Father God, I ask you right now, you just.